Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. Oh, no, you sound so nice, your normal voice, and now you come with this little silly, I don't know. I know, it's awful, it's sickening. It is awful, Howard. Well, I always felt I didn't have, like, a real radio voice, you know? Oh, no, but you have a sexy voice. Hey, sit back down. You mean nothing happened to you? There are people who uh, came to me in this company and said that if I wanted certain people fired, I could have that done. As long as I'd sign here. In order to keep me happy. And I said to them, I will never do that. That's a curse. People have a right to work. I don't care who they are. Even if they're uh, people I don't like. I would never take their work away from them. That's just the way I am. That's the one rule I've got. I cling to that rule. I see how it operates. Now instead, I'm not just the fan or the comic who sits in every once in a while. I see how the place really operates. And I see, yeah, it really is all Howard's cool. I was thinking, like, if I could get, like, a Pam Anderson who's got income, it would be great because I got income, she's got income. We're both working. Unfortunately, I made a chick who I really am digging. I, you, I'm in love with her. But you so I, you well, know, what I, happens to your goals? You just throw them out wait, the window? I, I threw my goal out to her. <laughs> I, hope she re I hope she recognizes <laughs> what I gave, gave up. If you had to kiss a completely strange girl that you just met, wouldn't you feel maybe that they, I don't know maybe it's just me who thinks that maybe it's just like real low self-esteem wouldn't you think oh Christ so you have you have like I'm apologizing as I'm doing we it. joke about it but you do have respect for women I think because you have a sister because I know that there are guys in this business who see that as I'll you know stick my tongue down the throat grab her ass but I think that's creepy it's, it's like totally you, creepy there was what's a, a, what's a mess around with somebody that, that doesn't want to mess around with you I felt that Mary McCormick and she's a nice girl I mean she's not a loose slut I didn't care. They said, you're doing a love scene. My hand, if you make love to a Howard Stern, or any of my characters that I play in film. <laughs> All your characters. I know there. every one of my male characters. And when I'm with a woman. Which in this be, case was Howard Stern. Yeah, right? I'm playing with your tits. <laughs> and I'm going to touch them and run my hands over them. Well, that's again, how I make love. They said that. Welcome, everybody, to a special holiday edition of, quite frankly, QF, rather, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore Fingers. With me, of course, is my wonderful host, Sam. Hi, guys. And believe it or not, we have the man himself, Mr. Richard Wilson, in-house with us. So, everybody, a round of virtual applause. Thanks for joining us, Rich. Oh, my pleasure. We've. It's. A, I'm glad to finally get to, you know... Talk to you face to face. We've chatted over Twitter for years now. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I meant to ask you: Do you uh, do you do any other social media besides Twitter, or like uh, for the purposes of business? No, I have oh. Facebook, which I pretty much uh, don't go on anymore, just to keep my sanity. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remove myself from that, and I don't do LinkedIn. I don't do Instagram. I don't. TikTok and none of that stuff. Well, fair. That's a smart man. Um, I like you more now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll get us started off real quick, so we're not wasting your time. Um, you started off on the Stern Show as an intern, correct? Yeah, in around '96 or '97. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what was your educational background going into it? Did you have a, like a, any kind of AV uh, history, 
or even in, like amateur-wise? started off in mortuary science. Wow. And then when I realized all... Can I curse? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, then when I realized all the shit that went on to owning a funeral home and all of that stuff, I said, okay, I'm going to go back to what I originally wanted to do, and that was television. So I quickly changed majors and just, what, you know. What, what was the goings on for a funeral home that deterred you from that path? <laughs> it, it, you know what? It, it's not what you would think. It wasn't the gore. It wasn't the fact that you had to learn makeup and hair techniques. You had to learn all types of religious law. All that stuff is fine. Mm-hmm. It was the business. So let's say I wanted to, I mean, everybody knows their local funeral home in their neighborhood. And it's a name that's been around for generations. Different people own that business. So it would cost you, let's say, a hundred grand to buy the business. Mm-hmm. But to buy the existing name that has been known in the neighborhood for years and years and years will cost you hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Right. So they so funeral homes are like franchises. A lot of them are owned by corporations now. Oh wow! wow. Just like yeah. six feet I under. Mean, yeah, there's a bunch in that I you know from in New York that I knew of that were owned by major corporations. Mm-hmm. And you thought they were like a typical Irish family one, you know, O'Shea Funeral Home or Quinn's Funeral Home. And you would mm-hmm. see a small plaque outside owned by, you know, Chase Bank or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, my wife has a, a little funny story. There's a funeral home in her, in her, not her hometown, but one of the largest towns where she's from. And the name of it is Fewers, F-E-W-E-R-S. That's funny. <laughs> and I, she said it's a family name. So it ended up being, I believe, I believe Irish, but I'm not sure. Um, so when you were, uh, from the time you started as an intern, uh, to the time you start working, getting paid, unlike Grillo, um, and then f- uh, ended up with the when the Howard TV crew got laid off. Um, what? How did your job change over the years, if it changed at all? Uh, as intern, then to production. Intern was basically carrying tapes back and forth from K Rock to the E office. Okay, and it didn't matter what because. Every, it wasn't it was wasn't sent digitally or anything. It wasn't fiber feeds. It was all on tapes, and you had to carry fifteen tapes back, and they were heavy and bulky. And it didn't matter if it was snowing out; you had to carry all those tapes back to get edited every day. Mm-hmm. And you know, you do the grunt work. You you get sent out to go buy the eighteen-inch black dildos and the the, <laughs> the leather S and M outfits, and I had to go buy the costumes for the gay dance party, the sailor suit. You know, I was going to ask you. About yeah, that. Like, I was the intern for that. And it was, okay, tomorrow, by tomorrow, we need 18 sailor suits and, you know, chaps and all that shit. And it's like, okay, my job is to go find that in the next eight hours. Uh, speaking of that <laughs> dance party, do, do you, to me, when I watched that dance party, didn't Howard seem a little overly giddy? During that dance party, like it was the greatest thing in the world. And all of a sudden he went from Jackie dancing with Jackie and he traded it for, you know, the banana hammock guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. what was that? Yeah. I, I, think, I, I know you got to tread lightly. The here. part was making the most homophobic guys on the staff be uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's what made him so giddy about it. Because a lot of people, I remember that day, so many people were uncomfortable. It really was. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I was uncomfortable buying the stuff. So yeah. can you imagine how the people that had to wear it and, and dance in it? Well, Casey mentioned that there was a, let's say, a funk in the studio as a result of all these guys 
I don't know, whatever it was. Uh, can you verify that it smelled like, well, ass? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was feet and ass it smelled like. Oh, it was just God. a funk smell. I just realized I had that blur effect on. I'm sorry. My kid put that on my computer. No, that's fine. That's fine. I do I'm the same. Sorry about Jeff. that. Um, uh, we're, we're not going to be using the video anyway, just the audio. This is just for the purposes of, uh, oh, okay. yeah. So, um, speaking of, uh, speaking of the, um, uh, the gay dance party, the, that was something that, um, that came about basically in a st- uh, meeting, like a staff meeting, uh, out of the Google Goo dolls won't play something. They're trying yeah. to coerce them to play. Basically you, you, yeah. when did you start in on the meetings, like sitting in on the production meetings? Oh, probably when I was, well, everybody was allowed to be involved in the meetings, but there were times when, as you pitched more and you, your status got elevated, mm-hmm. you were, you, you got to move your seat forward. If I could say that, if, it, yeah. if that sounds right, you got to sit closer to Howard and be part of the inner group. And then eventually writing meetings got cut down to like 10 people. And I got to be a part of that. Okay. Uh, so, Sam, did you Sam, did you want to get a question in? Yeah. So during those creative meetings, I was kind of wondering, just like in a corporate sense, I wanted to know what what that entailed and what that would look like. If like these creative meetings that he always talked about, I was so curious as to how those went. Was there a protocol to them? Uh, who got to say what? When could they say it? And I also wondered, since the show changed so much, basically at the end of your tenure, how did those meetings evolve? Because the show was one way for so long. So I kind of, if, if, if you can go into detail. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll go into brutal detail about what went on in those meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Normally, there's a pecking order. Gary would pitch his guest first. And then at the time when Casey was there, he would go next. And then Fred would go next. And they'd be like, and then after, you know, the inner circle of the radio show went to pitch Will, Benji. Then it would get bumped to the TV guys. If we had anything, Gary would single us out and say, Richie, anything, Gangie, anything. Mm -hmm. And then he would go, okay, any interns have anything. And that's how it would be like a pecking order. And it would just spread outward into the room. Mm -hmm. So, and Howard was essentially the, Yes, you can. I like that. And that, and that was his function in the yeah. meetings, essentially. Yeah. He wasn't really, he might've pitched in creatively as an aside, but he didn't bring stuff in to ask you guys, did he? No, no, not, not most of the time um, towards mm-hmm. the end when Marcy got involved in all that mm-hmm. you know, weirdness. But for mm-hmm. the most part, we would just throw things at him and he would go, okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And yes or no, you got a yes or no. And that was it. Okay. So Sam? it sounds like it's, it was all hands on deck and everybody was allowed to have a voice. Even, you know, it, the order mattered, but everyone was allowed a voice. How did the meetings evolve then once it seems like Marcy got on board? Mm. It, it got weird. When she first got involved, we still had the meetings in the studio. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it's a little bit of a smaller group. Like interns, I don't remember interns being allowed as part of that group. Mm -hmm. Then it got weird. Then it got down to a writer's writer's group, it was called. And it was on the floor above the studio. Hold on, I may have to burp. Hold on. I can edit it. I can edit it out. No worries. 
So, and then it was in this oval shaped table, this big room with an oval shaped table. And Marcy had like these dry erase boards and giant, you know, paper pads all over the room. And Uh we would go around and pitch ideas and we collect them and then bring them to Howard because Howard wasn't part of the writing meetings anymore. He just Mm -hmm. washed his hands with it. And then it was basically, okay, you know, my, I used to tell my interns that the code word is steak when they would come and tell me things. And I would say, that means don't tell me how you killed the cow. Just bring me my steak when I need it. Okay. And that's what the meetings became. We just gave it all to Gary and then he would run with it to Howard and get approval. Yes or no. And you would find out on Lotus Notes or that Moldred system later on what got approved and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, now, because of that sort of hierarchy and the communication um, changing in that way, obviously the show suffered creatively because it's just not the same. So the information's flowing in a different way. Did anyone say to him or get to him, this isn't working or this is not helpful? This isn't making a good product. It's sanitizing and hurting the product. Was it a case of jamming a square peg into a round hole kind of thing? Yeah, it was. He wanted the least involvement possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just email me everything and I'll look at it later when I get a chance. And then he'd mark off yes or no, whether he liked it. And it was weird because in the old meetings, it would get out of control. Mm-hmm. You would pitch an idea that was maybe incredibly stupid, but then somebody would make a wise ass remark and Howard would laugh and say something. And then it would just spiral out of control into what could be a good bit. Mm-hmm. That energy was gone in the room because like... Marcy had this buzzword called land the plane that meant you were talking too long. So So let's say if you pitched an idea and it got a couple of good laughs in the room and then people just started spitballing, having fun. Yeah. You know, she would go, okay, okay, guys, let's land the plane. And then eventually she didn't get involved in the meetings and Gary would have to say like guys let's land the plane and he looked so <laughs> uncomfortable saying that, that's he's he's not that guy you know no. what I mean? but he would he would like do that you know let's okay guys let's land the plane right and that meant shut up and move on to the next person so uh, just one sec sam uh, uh, this is in in relation to all of this so because howard the this is the reddit mole um the reddit uh, a serious problem wrote down oh my god that- I, I i want to talk about this i will bust this elephant in the room. Let's talk okay. about this. Okay. So everybody's saying that this person on C- on Reddit is me. That's right. I know who the person is. And yes, I would email them all the shit that I know. Right. Are things cut and pasted? Yes. Now, do you have your Twitter feed open? I do. Okay. I'm going to send you something right now. Okay. okay. I'm going to send you something. Okay. I feel like this is demented deep throat. I'm in love with this right now. <laughs> okay. I'm sending you something right now. I was emailed the video. Right. Of, by, you see by, what it says right there. Uh, the date and Howard's okay. shitty, shitty Marcy Summit MP4. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was <laughs> emailed that, yeah. as you could see, in 2015. Yeah. 
if I wanted to leak that, would I wait five or six fucking years to put that out? <laughs> like, seriously, would I have sat on that for five years when well, I moved on to much other greener pastures and then all well, of a sudden released that video? Well, the question is, would you have, if you had it, would you have sent it out? I had it. I had it for since what's the date on it? 2015. I've had that email with the video since 2015. No, but I mean, I mean, prior to that, would you, would you have, I mean, would you have even bothered? I suppose is the question. No, because I, the video when I was first emailed it and I was like, oh shit, I remember all this with the Lady Gaga and the fake Twitter things. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it. It never crossed my mind again. I found it in an email because I knew I had it emailed to me. So mm-hmm. I had to go back to five years or six years of emails. Yeah. Wow, you see, kept all that? It's in my it's in Gmail. You know, I got I've got like two twenty thousand emails in my Gmail. Marcy would be mad. I, I know. I know. Yeah. Well, apparently not because I heard there was a New Yorker magazine article that just exposed that getting things done is useless. Well, no shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So the, basically, well, I, I the, gotta land the plane, you know. Okay. The the Reddit mole explained that um, that Howard had been indoctrinated by either Marcy or someone getting things done related, and they provided him with the the David Allen Foundation found provided him with Marcy. You know, here's our grifter. You know, because it's just like, it's almost like Scientology in a lot of ways. It's very similar, scarily, scarily eerie comparison to Scientology. It is just like Scientology. <laughs> Okay, so because I haven't, I've only, I've right only, near their headquarters. Oh wow! So the uh, the Sea Org Part Two. So what happens? Yeah. So explain that this is what I didn't understand. How Don Buckwald, according to the Reddit mole, could not be aware of this happening. That's what I don't understand. Unless he was the one that gave Howard the book and said, "Look, I'm ready to retire. You, these guys will keep you in good hands." It was from my understanding that she was coming to his house in the Hamptons for six months or a year and nobody knew about it. It was kept under Now here's another thing. Okay. If I was this mole on Reddit, okay. Marcy made Howard do a photo shoot. It is the most cult like bizarre. Oh my, your head would fucking explode. If you ever saw this picture, I would not put it out there. Like I wouldn't even flash it to you right now because it would get out there. Someone take a screenshot or, Mm -hmm. you know, it could get out. Her jaw hit the floor. When Stuttering John did a comedy show in Tampa, I showed him the picture. Mm-hmm. He laughed for two days straight about the picture. <laughs> now, if I was this mole on Reddit who wanted to put shit out, yeah, that picture would have been the first thing to go out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the yeah. only reason I, I, I have this picture is when people bring up, is, is he that fucked up now? I'll yeah. just pull up this picture and go, what do you think? And I'll show it to them. And reactions are just priceless to it. Can you compare it to anything? I mean, like, uh, you know, when uh, Tom Cruise went up and did that speech at the Sea Org and he had that huge Medal of Honor. And, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I can't <try laughs> uh, describe it exactly, but, you know, is, is there a, really it's like a Norman Rockwell painting that looks similar? It's, no, no, no. It's like a Jesus-y, it, it's something that L. Ron Hubbard would put in a magazine for his people. Mm-hmm. It's a very, the guy that created getting things done, he's a part of a religion where they all, where they're believed they're, they're messiahs. And he believes he's reincarnated Abraham Lincoln and a bunch of other weird things. How the fuck can you follow a guy 
who claims all that weird shit in the first place. I, I can't fathom that. Sam? Well, if you've worked with Howard for so long, he obviously, you know, the Sarno method TM. with mind and the back pain, the TM. So clearly, and, you know, they're um, prone to these gimmicks, I feel like, and they really just follow them to mm -hmm. the letter right and easily uh grifted by people so yeah. i could see why he did it like that doesn't surprise me so when he was going through this transition though and were you guys able to say when these meetings became so sanitized and different and weird with the whiteboards and the papers and the different rooms were you able to say this isn't working? This is not leading to the best product. I mean, did anyone was anyone able to communicate to him this is not helping the show, or did he just no. not care? You you don't dare say that. You know that would be like saying, you know, something to, to the Godfather of a mafia thing, like, hey, you know, your your shit sucks or something like you're no good. Right. Everybody was terrified to do it. Nobody had the balls to step up and say it. Behind the scenes, everybody would snicker and say, "This is dog shit." Like, oh, I, thank I don't God. But to his face, nobody would. And I've seen emails from Gary to somebody from Howard TV, like bitching about Marcy and saying how bad it is. Mm -hmm. And this, this was when she first got involved in the picture. Now I'm sure he, you know, kisses her ass in emails. But when she first mm -hmm. came in, I saw the emails of him saying, like, "What is this shit?" Mm -hmm. And would you say it was legitimately um, hurting the, the flow of the, the work in general and, or the comedy aspect of it? Uh, and it was not so much a, we don't want to have to kowtow to this person, this, this stranger after so many years without her. It was, not a, it was not an ego thing for most of the workers, I imagine. It was just like, uh, this is a roadblock. Yeah. I mean, you were terrified. She was, I've said it before, if you're a Star Wars nerd, she's Emperor Palpatine and Howard's mm -hmm. leader. She's mm -hmm. the evil behind pulling the strings, controlling everything. Mm -hmm. I'm, one of these days, we're going to meet, and I'm going to show you this fucking picture, and your head's going to explode. Your <laughs> head, just, you're you're, you're going to lose your mind. Just back it up on a few hard, hard drive, external hard drives so you don't lose yeah, it if, yeah. your, fo if your mean, phone kicks the bucket. It's... This, I literally I am like, getting goosebumps <laughs> of excitement. Like I feel, I'm like, oh, I need to see this right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It's good build up, actually. Um, but like, if I was this mole, I would have put that out a long time ago. If okay. I was this person on Reddit outing things, I would have outed who's got DUIs, who was locked up for three days for a domestic violence thing, who was who's had a little cocaine issue. Who you know? What I mean, there were so many things I could have outed. Oh, I'm certain. If I was this person I believe, on Reddit. I believe you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would have, I have so much. Okay. I would have said who leaked the Elisa Jordana nude pictures mm -hmm. to the staff. Somebody mm -hmm. from the staff got them and gave them to everybody. Right. It's, speaking of that, or Elisa Jordana, this wasn't even in my questions, but now that you brought this up. So I didn't really think this until way later after she was out of the picture with Benji. I noticed they used to do, um, I guess, uh, kind of sticky things where I swear to God, it's almost like Benji was trolling Howard. He would wear wigs, weird hats. B Elisa would dress like Beth and they would carry animals and they would do weird interviews. Was Benji's whole stick with Elisa to try to troll Beth and Howard? I wouldn't put it past Benji because he's such an Andy Kaufman-esque 
genius. He's light years ahead of people. And when you finally catch on, you'll be like that son of a bitch. Because I mean, when he first started it, he showed up to work in African kufi garbs. You know what I mean? And he would speak like click language. And this is when he was an intern. He's he's light years ahead of everybody. And I wouldn't put it past him if he, he would do that. Um, more recently, uh, we're going to play with time a little, Rich. So bear with me. More recently, uh, Ronnie's been getting piled on for you know who you voted for and who you didn't vote for. And I know a lot of the times over the years. It's, you know, pick a target, attack them, pick a target, attack them. But it had been going on for like weeks and was incredibly hideously unfunny. And Ronnie, unlike normal, Ronnie really seemed upset, like he really upset by it. And maybe that had to do with losing his cat. And, um, I mean, just the COVID and just the situation in general is not making people mentally healthy in general. But, um, can you confirm that he, it's not a work, like he's really upset or do you want to not? Well, I, I've always said, Ronnie and I never talk about the show. Right. I never want to put, like with this whole Reddit bowl leak shit, I never, I would never want to put our friendship in jeopardy. I, you know right. what I mean? He was at my wedding party mm-hmm. and he, he knows that I would never want to do that. And I know I'm not going to get too personal, but he's had two or three deaths in the past, yeah. like three weeks that really affected him. I bet. And he's, he, he's, he's been hit hard. Now I've been checking up on him and he's been going through a lot of shit. And, and I'm sure the piling on doesn't help. With with that said, the deal with the voting thing, how they couldn't get Ronnie to say it, which I am so happy he gray rocked them and just said, no, I'm not giving you this. I'm not mm-hmm. giving you this. Part of the appeal was, okay, Ralph will finally admit if he's gay or not. I mean, if you are blind... <laughs> Uh, there is, there's, you're getting nothing from that. If you can't realize Ralph is gay, you're well, he, blind, deaf, and dumb. He's, he's admitted so on the show a, really that he's not... bisexual. This was decades ago. Really? I mean, it, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, he took I've got the lie detector got, test. I've got, no, but I've got the audio of him. Well, at one point someone called him and, and said, a caller said, you're, and I'm going to use a word, guys, you're a homo, you do nothing. And he goes, that's not entirely true. And she, he says, what's not true? And he goes, well, I'm bisexual and I don't mooch off of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and he was in a threesome with Grillo. He admitted to that, and Steve admitted to that as well. But Steve yeah. said there was no uh, connection, and I'm like, well, there was a connection if you were doing a threesome, just not the kind that people want to have. Um, but I have a question that uh, goes back quite a ways here. Um, can you talk a little about the 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 awful farewells so many people get on the show, like Scott Einziger when he left for a better gig, clearly a better gig. And if I had heard that clip of him the last day he was in as a fan, when it was in real time, I would have stopped being a fan because it was there was nothing funny about it. It was um, Why is it that some people are getting this incredible anger when he leaves, when they leave remember the show? The, remember the Richard Christie thing? I prank, nobody pranks. Yep, absolutely. It's the same attitude when people leave. You leave, it's unacceptable. If it's on his doing, mm-hmm. then it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because you're dumping him and he mm-hmm. can't handle it. So you're it's leaving it's, for improving your pastures. And, and he, it's a slap in the face to him because, in his eyes, there is no place better to go. Mm-hmm. So that's based on the narcissism angle that we've covered in our show quite yeah. a bit. Narcissistic personality disorder. Okay. So, but, but the way it was explained to me by, um, I think Artie did it on his podcast. He explained that Scott Einziger specifically was really good friends with Howard for a long, long time. I mean, really good. 
And this isn't having to do with the lawsuit. This obviously that's the the crux. But do you think as soon as Scott left lawsuit or no lawsuit, it was going to be like fuck him? Uh, I don't know because when I got there, Scott Einziger just got married. Mm-hmm. Then he went through a divorce, and when he went through his divorce, that's when Howard was also going on his divorce. So you know, it was two single guys, and they worked well together. You know, they shared a lot of good times together, and they they mm-hmm. did become very very close. Mm-hmm. But you know, Einziger got offered a gig with the WWE, and they pay very well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So who wouldn't take it? Uh, but I've heard working for them is 10 times worse. <laughs> like I've heard if you're on your honeymoon and Vince McMahon wants you, a helicopter will show up wherever you're at and you will be carted back to work. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hope he's, co- hope he's compensated for it at least. Yeah. So- I mean, they, but they do pay very well at the WWE. There's the payoff. There's the trade off. Sam. Yeah. Now, speaking of departures, Tim Sabian has now uh, confirmed how he left the show, saying that he had two ailing parents and he needed some time off. And this was during the Marcy transition as well. And then Howard just said, well, I think it's just best if we part ways. And that's it. Did anyone on the staff have any idea what Tim was dealing with on the side, taking care of his parents? And how did you guys feel about that departure? At the time, we were told, well, this may tie into it, that there was a slight disagreement and, about something. And this may what the disagreement may be about Tim taking time off. Mm-hmm. But Howard 100% just sided with Marcy and wouldn't even consider Tim's side. Mm-hmm. And Tim was like, you know what? I'm out. I don't need this shit. So would you and say the, anal- the analogy, uh, Richie, would be like Tom Chiasano and Marcy? What's the difference between them besides obviously being very different people and uh, some, most people not having any respect for Marcy, especially after reading her resume? Um, oh. Like it, it, traffic cops in the studio, like you're going through them before you get to him, that kind of thing? Or uh, was there any similarity in terms of the way that they worked in the studios? But Tom wasn't really a traffic cop in the studio. Like he would, he would occasionally be part of the writing meetings and just veto things that would be too out of control for terrestrial sure. radio. Right. Um, and Tom was a fun, likable guy. Tom mm-hmm. was, was so much fun to be around. He would joke around in the hallways. He'd be at parties. He was and a good sport. He really was a good sport. He got the show. He understood it. Mm-hmm. Not like Marcy who came in, not, knowing the show, not understanding the show, not ever working in a radio on a radio show or in a television show. Mm -hmm. And Tom was a businessman. First of all, he had to run the station and, you know, he had to be the heavy for a lot of things and that's got to suck. But that's also why Tom was also probably compensated extremely well because Mm -hmm. he had to be the heavy for everything and be the fall guy for every, you know, to be the brunt of Howard's anger. Okay. Um, what about the, uh, okay, we've got confirmation that the, um, strippers and Howard buying a Mercedes, a stripper, uh, sorry, <laughs> buying the score stripper, a Mercedes that ended up being the same model as the car he gave, uh, Robin was hundred percent true. I won't say who said it, but if it was true and I believe it because he didn't sue the New York post for this, uh, article, he just went after them on the air and that was the end. And we know that Howard only sues when, um, he, when he feels he can win pretty yeah, much except, win. except for the lawsuit, the, uh, the serious yeah. lawsuit, which is a whole other, uh, epic. Um, what could, what, what must it have been pictures? 
if in I your in your know. estimation, if if it's true. In, honestly, I don't know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. I've never heard confirmation that it was true. Okay. So I I really don't know. Like, and that's when I just kind of started there, I believe, and I knew enough to shut up and not ask questions. This you know this would I mean? have been this would have been like two thousand one yeah a couple of years after you started pretty yeah, much yeah so I was I was a production assistant still you know so oh, okay yeah so I kept my mouth shut okay and, you for, know, your ears to the wall but your mouth shut so I never heard yeah. it being true or not okay because we we already know years later about what scores ended up being and uh, the the controversy and how they really wanted to distance themselves from scores as much as possible as soon as that came to light Sam have you got another question. Yeah. So when, obviously when you're filming, it seems like for Howard TV, Ralph would always be a part of like something like set design or picking out outfits for Howard. And for me as a fan, and now, you know, just looking at things in hindsight, yeah. was there ever like any discussion of the lack of skill or qualifications that he had for this duty? Like there, he really didn't go to school for that stuff. And honestly, he didn't work for anyone else, but Howard, since he was a kid and a parking lot attendant that just, you know, got picked up off the street, Mm -hmm. he seemed to not be, you know, really qualified in any of this stuff. And then he really didn't make a good work product and never really got punished for it. And then always just kept getting more work and guaranteed pay. Did anyone on the staff ever question why this is happening? Yep. Um, we would send pictures. This is back in the E days. We would send Mm. pictures of what Howard was wearing for that day to Ralph and say things like, are you serious with this? Like, do you see what we see? (laughs) (laughs) And, and also because Ralph, wanted it for his files like he wanted to see like a daily picture of how he looked in the outfit and most of the time we would just be like are you serious like this is terrible this is it looks awful on him but also don't forget that's like what they're getting things done it's the grift ralph grifted you know what i mean ralph conned his way in to have to making howard believe all his shit yeah like do you do you remember the time when the studio floor on the on the old E show had like these fluorescent strips and like tape lines yes. all over the floor. Yeah. He stole that from a nightclub in Manhattan. I think it was the club it was Club Twilo had the exact same layout on the floor. And that okay. was he just he was there like the night before. I got a great idea for the studio and just <laughs> took that idea and put it on the floor. But wow. it seems to me on the show that people Howard would pounce on any sort of screw ups, no matter the size, small or big, except for Ralph. Like Ralph would just keep getting guaranteed paid jobs and involved in these productions, no matter the lack of his ability or skill. And I am shocked that nobody just was was wondering how and why this person was involved. Howard could clearly pay better stylists and people in the business. Real professionals, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that wouldn't make so him look just, like a yeah. yeah. You could make a deal with a designer. You dress me, Tom Ford. Trust me, that's it. Yeah, yep. That's so, all then, he has to do. so then, so then, did any of you question this relationship? Like, what the fuck is this? Why does he so get so much it, protection? Really, he knows where the bodies are buried. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's oh. basically. I mean, Doug and I used to look at each other and laugh and be like, and we would just shake our heads like, 
can you believe this shit? Like, how is he falling for this shit? Or how does he get away with this? And he knows where the bodies are buried. He really does. Was it also, more than Ronnie. Was it also a little bit of a fear of pissing Howard off? Because Ralph's got, he's, if Ralph's got his ear, he's got the boss's protection. He's essentially the boss's girlfriend. And you yeah. can't say shit about it, really. You could say no, it between go, each he other. Whine, he would whine and bitch to Howard yeah. if, if we ever did anything. If we didn't like an outfit or if we wanted something changed, he would complain about it. And, you know, even at the Einziger times, Einziger would get a nasty email or get called and pitched wow. out for it. Yeah. Sam? I mean, he spent one whole year, I think, on the e-show wearing wife beaters. I'm not even joking. <laughs> and nobody said, I mean, like, I cannot look at those. And an entire year on the e-show was just wife beaters and dragon tat. Yeah. yeah. I forget. Somebody was- said about him that Christopher Reeve has more muscle tone than he does. <laughs> I, I forget who said it, but it was one of the funniest goddamn lines ever. I think Jackie said it, but it was one of the um, best lines ever. It would have to but, be from, from somebody like Jackie. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. And it, it really is like, you know, the same reason he mooched himself into John Stamos's life, Sam Simon's life. It, he's got the gift of grift. Yeah. And well, I mean, we, we, we have another theory, but we'll save it for another time when we're able to do it. Yeah. When we're able to not have to get litigated. Um, the, the, um, you were there, so you were just interning right about the time of the major hype of private parts, right? I got there right after the movie, right after. So, so would you, what would you say the feeling was when the, when the film didn't become a blockbuster? I mean, it made its money eventually on video and rentals. So it's not like, you know, the company went bankrupt because of it. It went bankrupt for a bunch of other shitty films, but, uh, as well, but, um, was it, uh, uh, like a buzzword? Don't mention it. That kind of thing. Was it distance ourselves from it? Cause it's a failure or nope, was it not at all in, in his eyes? You know what I mean? It was avatar. It was, you know, iconic <laughs> blockbuster. And, you know, and I, I got to give the guy credit. He's not it's an actor. Fine. He's not, you know, it's a fine movie for somebody who's never acted. He, there were a couple of really good laughs in it from back in the days. You know, I would love to see a sequel. That would be the greatest movie ever. Now, that movie would make a lot of money. Yeah. I want the sequel. I want to see, like, the divorce and all the bullshit and all that stuff. And, putting out a movie that's a love letter to your wife while you're in the middle of a divorce. Like, well, that oh, was God, it. I'd love, that's the greatest. Yeah. All I right. mean, if people, if people had known the machinations of behind the scenes, because my, my understanding was Ivan Reitman was telling him, you cannot get divorced while, while we're making this movie. Like it's just going to, it would tank the whole, the whole purpose of it is a love letter to your wife. Yeah. That's like the guy who wins the lottery and he can't claim it. Because he's getting divorced and he has to wait till the divorce is final before he can cash in the ticket because otherwise yeah. she'll take that. Yeah. Sam? So Howard, after his divorce, and like obviously you're now in this picture too, it was the first time in his life like he's taking his kids on his own and he's meshing them with Beth. And or trying did he ever to. Like, yeah. or try, did he ever vocalize to you or to staff any issues specifically with that? Because there, obviously there was a point where he just stopped mentioning his kids altogether. And obviously Beth and his kids are hardly ever pictured together at all. Mm-hmm. I was just curious how or if he vocalized any issues 
during that time period and transition of putting her in their life and him being a single parent per se. Sam, did you, did you mean off the air? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. It was, he, he kept them, he kept everything pretty much close, close to the chest. Like when we would go to those dysfunctional family picnic concerts, his kids would be there, mm-hmm. but they were never like, Oh, there's Howard's kids. They were just two girls hanging out. Yeah. You know, and the youngest daughter, Ashley, I think her name is, mm-hmm. when she was really young and Howard was going to divorce, the divorce, she would come to K-Rock because those were days that he would have her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody went near her. Everybody just stayed, steered clear of her. Sure. Because, you know, she's a kid and they're going through a divorce and it's rough. So, you know, yeah. it, was like, it was like, don't go in the green room. Ashley's in there. And, okay, don't go in the green room. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And okay. I've heard stuff about the kids and Beth not getting along. I've never seen it firsthand, yeah. but I've heard like there's no love lost between them. Yeah. Which yeah. wouldn't be unheard of between like step parents and the, the, the person's the person they married's kids. Uh, that's yeah. not, that's not completely science fiction in, in any relationship. Um, yeah, Sam. So during this time period too, there was something like, I think it was called the jingle ball and yeah. Opie and Anthony specifically mentioned the fact that one of Howard's kids OD'd and Emily. they had the ambulance person or somebody that worked in the hospital tell them on air. And that was then never talked about. It was like a huge, Opie and Anthony got in huge trouble for talking about it. Did that happen? The stories I was told from people who were told the story from someone else yeah. was that it, it did happen. Mm-hmm. And apparently he made the ex-wife go to the hospital because he was too embarrassed to show his face and didn't want to be seen there. Wow. So what? the story I heard, is that, yeah, that, that's the story I heard that was, it allegedly happened, allegedly happened that way. That right. He was too embarrassed to show his face. So he made Allison come in from Long Island to go deal with it. So, so the story of him and Allison getting into a shouting match at the hospital might be BS, according it, to that it, person. It might be, but uh, unless he showed up later to deal yeah. with it or something. But the yeah. story I heard is that allegedly he made her come down because he didn't want to be seen there. He Sam, be seen. Sam how, I, how, I believe that more than the latter. I believe what yeah. Richie's saying more because Howard is such a narcissist that of course he would think, how is this going to make me look that my kid overdosed versus how is my kid? But also, I'm not it, even joking. <laughs> but how is it my, pro- how is it my problem? Right. Right. The other thing is, I was just going to say, we did earlier when we were still at the old place, uh, Richie, we did a comparison between Johnny Carson and Howard in, because there's so, similarity in so many ways in terms of control. And the ir- irony is when Carson's second kid, the one who did die in an accident, was sent to Bellevue. He sent his lawyer to deal with it rather than deal with it himself because he was afraid of how it would look. Isn't that, isn't that amazing, com- uh, like irony, like a, a comparison? Yeah. I mean, I remember hearing the story about the jingle, the jingle ball incident. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it was told to me, you know, the, the version I heard was that he yeah. just couldn't be seen there. I'm going to play a clip for you, uh, Richie. I hope it sounds, uh, it sounds fine. It's just like, it's, um, Ralph calls in and mocks, uh, Ralph Goods, uh, sorry, Ralph, Doug Goodstein. Sorry, Doug. Um, and, and I'll, and I want you to tell me if you know the background of this, because is this, I, I I'll heard tell you a story. Right now, you don't have to play it. You don't have to play it. Is this when Doug threatens to kill Ralph? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, if you want to play it for the for the for the people, just for the per, just for the purpose, right just for the purposes, yeah. it's real short. Yeah, yeah. yeah you wouldn't do that. You had never had a job, you wouldn't know. You it's like I, Ralph. I mean, I'm totally fair, and I would love to do Shut whatever up, you. Where's your baby nurse? Your kid, Ralph, wife can't take care of the kid. Or Ralph, so? if you make one fucking comment about my kid, I swear I'll strangle your fucking neck, dude. Now we're talking. Oh, now he's hitting. Whoa! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What easy, happened easy. there? Doug's all riled up. Doug just threw. They, we got some good Howard TV tonight. Wow! <laughs> that was a reaction. What was actually shocking to that to me wasn't that Doug got angry because I heard the story after the fact was that his kid was in the hospital. His youngster was in the hospital at the time. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. And like. That's true. And, and I love and like, my kids so much. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, if <laughs> a normal human being would have berated Ralph, um, he's saying, "Don't that's too that's a low blow, dude." A person with kids, especially. I don't have kids, but I, I, my wife and I don't have kids, but we love them. And I could never imagine doing that to a, a father whose kid was active, actually in the hospital when that was happening. Because Ralph, Ralph knew she was in the hospital. There's yeah. no way he didn't. That's so worse. That, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's why it was horrible. That's why he said Ralph commented about the nurse or something like that. Like yeah. he knew, and he went for the low blow. And I wish Doug would have like went to his house and strangled him because you know how, I, I'm that, that way with my kids now. Fuck with my kids, and I will lose my shit. Well, yeah. The so how mad was was Doug legit? That wasn't a that wasn't a, a put on. That was Doug being mad. No, no, no. Doug was Doug was livid. That's the angriest I've seen Doug in over twenty years of being friends with him. Did he ever wow. get over? Did he? Did he ever? After that, was was Ralph a dead man to him? No, you know it, the relationship was definitely strained. Yeah, but um, there was no. You know, we had to keep them separated. None of that shit. Like you right, know, eventually it was over. You know, yeah, you you. You forget, you don't forgive in that situation. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Sam. You've got one. So that would obviously be like a tension in the show. Were there any office tensions that you can remember that were just so tangible and explosive that lasted for a while? Like, was there ever some inner office tensions that maybe on air we never heard about, but were happening off air that you can remember? Uh, certainly Gary and myself when I didn't mm -hmm. invite him to the wedding, but he was the only one I didn't invite. Yeah. That, that was pretty tense for a long time. Um, Jason and DePace, that was a powder keg that was going to explode at some point. And it Str almost did. It almost got, it almost got violent one day. Really? I remember that. Yeah. yeah. They, they have yeah. a video of that. Yeah. Hold on. That, that, Jason that was something that was close to getting Jason violent. and DePace, not Jason and Zapin. No, no, it was Jason oh, and DePace. Oh, yeah. Zapin too, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jason and DePace, they almost got physical right at Jason's desk. And, but but th their relationship has always been contentious, and that day it was, they had to be separated. Like, mm -hmm. it was bad. And and so, like, I mean, so was that something that lingered, or was it always going to be from, like, it was always contentious between them anyway, so that didn't really, affect, it was a blip in an otherwise already tense you know, yeah, forever tense relationship. You hoped, you, you kind of felt like, you know, okay, we have a working relationship, you know, yeah. we can still bullshit and goof around with each other and laugh at yeah. meetings. Now, sure. from that moment on, it was, just don't let them in the same room together. Don't let oh, them sit wow. next to each other. It was cats and dogs. Okay. Wow. I thought, cause I, I thought a lot of it was played up generally for the air anyway, but. No, um, they, they hate each other. Okay. Um, well, I've got one here that's Zapin related, actually. How much did your 
like your, your any breakdown between you and Gary, any work failings of the work relationship with Gary, how much was it affected by the fact that he and Zapin, who you hated, were hated close pals? Piece of shit. I hate yeah. that piece of shit. Um, Gary was, he knew I hated him and he always mm-hmm. acted like, I don't understand why. Everyone right. hates Ross. It is, you know, just, <laughs> I, I, I think Gary's the only one that does like him, but that didn't affect my relationship with Gary. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. You that were able to separate. Me. Yeah. You know, I could, you could, listen, there, there could be friends of mine that someone else doesn't like, and I'm still friends with them and I don't give a shit. It doesn't affect, doesn't affect anything with me. Yeah, it shouldn't anyway, but, yeah, but Zapin, I fucking hate. I still do. I'm still a douche. Okay, well, this is related to the uh, the clip that I played initially. I'll try to play it now. It's just um, okay. Sal. This was during uh, Win John's job, and Sal. Uh, it was recording Brian Phelan drunk, <laughs> answering questions like trivia, uh, and I then he started this. asking people. And this is maybe the earliest where I heard you basically a confirmation of what you'd been saying more recently that you were the one of the few people to tell Howard that he hangs out with assholes and, and let's I be was honest, right. ass- I yeah. was right all along. So just a real short clip. Then Richie Wilson from me in his drunken stupor. Oh yes. Had to talk about me. <laughs> What's one thing you always wanted to tell Howard Stern, but you never had the balls to do so. He surrounds himself with a bunch of douchebag friends that a lot of people say that they're douchebags but they won't have the balls to admit it to his face but richie's weighing in a lot on my life i'm getting drunk listening to these days i know <laughs> richie doesn't sound that drunk though. i agree with artie you sounded like you were maybe if like five drinks in but well able to uh articulate that perfectly yeah i was uh i see i love my wife she just came home and bought me a drink oh god bless you rachel a Reese's peanut butter cup, old fashioned. That's a good Ooh, one. I'm so jealous. What's in that? Oh fuck! What is that? What's in there? Peanut butter whiskey, screwball peanut butter whiskey, which is the greatest drink ever. Chocolate bitters and peanut butter on the rim. Cookie butter rim. Oh my gosh! I love. <laughs> does it come with a Does it come with a defibrillator? Yeah. Screwball whiskey is the greatest. Oh my God. It's so good. It tastes just like peanut butter. Is this another bourbon? Yeah. It's a, it's a whiskey. Yeah. It's it's, the problem with this is you could drink the whole bottle in one sitting. Once the ice cubes start to melt, you can chug a whole bottle of it. It goes down really nice. So I love, I love bourbon and, um, two of my friends, they own a bourbon company with Pat Benatar's husband. It's called three chords bourbon. I don't know if you guys carry it, but it's Ooh. so good. I just love to drink it on the rocks, like big Cuban and orange. I love bourbon. I'm writing it down right now. Three chords. Three chords bourbon. Oh, it's that's so it, good. It's so I'll smooth. Look that up. This is where I tune out and start looking at my bottle of ouzo <laughs> and, and trying to imagine something chords. I do like. No, I love whiskey, but uh, 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 single malts and what have you, like uh, uh Scottish Scott Scotch whiskey. Um, anyway, sorry. So let's, let's go right back into that clip. You, um, said this, this would have been 2004. So it was never something that you held in for, you were famous for actually not really holding anything in when Artie was out a week and they asked, Hey guys, you know, what do you all think? Uh, you know, should we get rid of him? You explained flat out. You were the one person that said, no, you should get rid of him. Maybe professionally wise, because you said he didn't, he liked him, but he didn't make you laugh. He, you didn't think yeah, he, he was a fit on the show. I didn't. He didn't write. He would just blurt out things and tell funny stories, which eventually became repetitive funny stories. And you found out half those stories weren't true. 
you know, he's a funny guy. And I will, I will go to the grave saying he is the funniest storyteller. He can tell a story like nobody else. But mm-hmm. I am from the old school show. I love Jackie's one yeah. quick writing style. There was such a dynamic. And hearing Jackie laugh like a hyena at his own jokes made it even funny. <laughs> like, and it, it was just, and Jackie's laugh was just so contagious. It, it was yeah. great. Yeah. I just like that. And I, I, you know, I just believe in it. I don't, I'm not going to bullshit, you know, somebody. If I don't like it or if I feel a way about something. So, so did you get any blowback from Howard or was that, was that ever kind of a thing where he's going, okay, well, it's Richie's on the list now, <laughs> you know? No, uh, he actually appreciated me for that. And even for the Artie thing, because yeah. I, I, I was honest, I didn't blow smoke up his ass like everybody else did. And mm-hmm. he totally appreciated that. Sam? Well, I think Artie, I think the reason I was a Jackie fan too, but I think the reason why Artie, I was, I don't know, I guess not just because of his funny storytelling is because Howard became so disconnected with the people and the audience at some point. Artie became our voice in studio. Sure. Robin and him became so... I guess unattainable and not relatable with their bullshit that we just needed that voice in studio in order to ground them. Mm-hmm. And Marty I think that every man that yeah. Howard was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's who Artie was. Artie was the every, every guy. Yeah. And Jackie kind of was too, because he was a road, he was a comic and he was drinking. Well, but when he was still drinking, obviously, but he didn't, he never had airs, certainly <laughs> not yeah. when you, you hear the stories. Um, but, um, just a quick question, uh, it's kind of parallel to, we just talk about something. Do you remember the, um, the guy, the guy, Brendan Murphy, that was a painter friend of Robin's, uh, yeah, and there was yeah. this 15 foundation. The con man, allegedly. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. we, we, are doing, we are doing a series on it specifically to, because it was clear everybody else could see a grift and she couldn't. It was, uh, I know you're good friends with Robin, so we're not asking you to trash her. Um, but more along the lines of, how did she have such tunnel vision and she couldn't see what everybody else was seeing? Uh, a good con man is not, is, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to find their mark. And they're going to know how to just get their claws into that person. A good mm-hmm. con man does that. And we all knew it. We would all murmur and say stuff to each other like, what's this guy's deal? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His shirts and hats and he's selling. He's taking money for paintings. And then yeah. all of a sudden, he was gone. Like, yeah. you know, Kaiser Soze, like that. <laughs> the story we got was, the story we got was that near the end of that year, would have been 2010, he uh, got busy with Anne Marie, and uh, who was Robin's friend, and then and still remained friends, I guess, years years later. Anyway, as far as I know, uh, but that basically, she, I think Robin was trying to get with him, and he went with one of her friends, and that that was the big kind of turning point. Any idea if this is remotely true? I honestly have no idea, but it would be interesting to know if Anne Marie was also married at that time. Because we know because about we the know her and she KC. Was KC. Yeah, she was married then. And she played the the role good of being like the, you know, I'm a good, faithful wife and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. She, you know, when all that shit broke, everybody was shocked. Everybody with, with, her was shocked. And, with her with her, and KC? Yeah, everybody yeah. was shocked. 
Uh-huh. Wow. That was it's still to this day. It, it, uh, they kept it hidden so well. So you're okay. So you're saying not, nobody had a clue. No, unless, you know, unless in confidence, Gary, you know, Casey told Gary or Howard on the side, mm-hmm. but I, 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 I don't think they had a clue. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it yeah. when it, when it hit, everybody was shocked. I can believe it. Yeah, absolutely. And because we love those Kate- things where it was one of those things where everybody looked at each other. Like, did you know, did you know, did you know, like everybody was like whispering to each other. Did you know about this? And nobody knew. And how to keep a secret in that compound when, you know, before him, yeah. before, before Jason was stuttering John, who, you know, was like a switchboard operator. Um, yeah. Well, you know, they were like first in last to leave. So you could yeah. see how they would, they could do it. Yeah. Um, just a real quick question about the uh, infamous red list, Richie. I know, was this, did, first of all, was there something, was there actually a list and was it something that was, <laughs> you know, maintained over the years? Uh, or was it just strictly a, like, oh, by the way, everybody should already know there's nothing on paper, but don't do this. Don't do this. Don't bring up this. No, there was a hard copy. Okay. It was a hard, it was a thing on Lotus notes or it was Moldred. either Lotus notes or, or Moldred or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And it got updated pretty much every week. It wow. would always be updated. It was updated constantly and I'm sure it's still there and I'm sure it's still being updated. So but, yeah. uh, the one, the one thing from that list I wanted to ask, cause it confused me to no end. I, I, un- I understood everything else, but not this. Why in God's name would the Don Cornelius stuttering John video be on the red list? I think Don Cornelius threatened legal action. Okay. And anytime legal action was threatened, it was cut off. Like the, um, Linda McCartney's singing poorly, <laughs> which is yeah. still to this day, it's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. But they said cease and desist, and, and we're going to get lawyers involved. Oh, really? And I thought it was just because he list. had McCartney yeah. in, and he was wanting not no. to piss him off. No, that was, they sent this, from what I understand, they sent a letter. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Sam? So as this red list was growing, and people who were main players for the show, who, you know, left everything on the table... Was there ever discussions in these meetings, previously even to Marcy getting there, where you guys could object? You guys could say, nope, why? Nope, nope. The edict would just be laid down. That is no longer to be played. Did End you guys story. amongst yourselves talk about that? Like, no more Gilbert? Uh, you would goof on it. Yeah. And so, some of them you could understand why. Okay, no more ex-wife talk. Was that part of the divorce settlement? Could have been. That, yeah. You know what I mean? That it could be part of the settlement. They don't have to talk about her again. On mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could very well be. But there are some things like, oh, my God, you're friends with Rosie now, so no Rosie talk. No <laughs> yeah. Rosie. You would see that. And I remember I would look at guys. They would look at me. We'd all just be like, oh, come on, man. Like, this is insane. Like, this is yeah. just, this is like the writing. It's over. Sam, I completely forgot. I got to ask this. Richie, were you at Howard's wedding? Yeah, I was there. Okay. Because uh, I thought I, 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 was mis- I was misunderstood. I misunderstood. I thought it was strictly like celeb, not, not to say you're not a celebrity, but celebs, you know, the Chevy Chase toast, how bad was it in reality? I, and, and is there any audio or video of it? I know he confiscated I, cell phones. If there was audio, it would be better than that getting things done seminar. It was <laughs> oh, my God. Most- I'm on it. Awkward, cringeworthy, <laughs> and I really think it was just in. He played nice to Howard for about a year to become his friend. After years of hating each other, 
and he just had a chance to get back at him, and he did. And no it was just so uncomfortable. It was just uncomfortable. Like, I remember everybody just shifting in their seat. and I can believe it. And and the dead silence of the room, and like the servers didn't even pick up plates and knives. You didn't hear, <laughs> you didn't hear a sound. You could have heard a mouse piss on cotton. It was so <laughs> quiet in that room. It was awkward. It was so bad. And so, if you think about it, everybody at that wedding now, his celebrity friends, they're not friends yeah. anymore. Of course not. Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripa gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, well, hold on. So, so, but okay. So, everybody else told him how bad it was, except for Gary, who will, you know, always sidle up to the boss, and Howard, who claimed he thought it was funny. But then, over the next year, you don't ever hear from. There's a call in from Chevy, but he doesn't actually ever come back. So, was he just right. bullshitting Chevy's, and saying no? He was pissed, and he knew it. He was pissed. He was pissed. Yeah. Chevy. 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 Chevy dropped a nuke that night, and it was. <laughs> I remember just everybody just being like, whoa, "Whoa!" Was that was that your initial thought? Like this is totally set up by Chevy. Yeah, it, with what he said, it's not like he's the drunk guy who got up and said something stupid. Right, he wasn't drunk. He just got up and just it was uncomfortable. Like, okay, there was a party Robin threw once for Howard. Um, mm-hmm down by the waters on a, on a dock by the water. She hired David Blaine to walk around and do card tricks and, and Gilbert got <laughs> to a speech and it was outrageously offensive, anti-Semitic <laughs> jokes. About and he was directing them at Howard's mother and father sitting right there. He was directing these jokes at his mother and father, Holocaust <laughs> jokes, just like the worst shit you can imagine. But everybody was pissing their pants because he, it's Gilbert, and you got it. You got that's his character. Yeah. Like Chevy did that. Just that. That was just a sucker punch to everybody. Nobody expected that, and there was malice in that speech. There's no way that there wasn't malice in, involved in that. <laughs> Sam. Okay, this is by the way the best thing I've heard because I for years thought that it's exactly what Chevy was doing, just waiting and biding his time, and then he just drops a shit right in the middle of that wedding. It's He fucking wore jeans to the wedding. You knew he couldn't wait to take a shit on that wedding. Now, the funny part was Beth was like, oh, Chevy Chase gave a toast at our wedding. So she was bragging about the, you know, name dropping the name fact dropping, that Chevy yeah. now... Because when- nobody explained to her what he said. <laughs> Okay, so here's so okay, so here's so here's my here's my question. Beth comes into the picture, right? And now she's being she says she doesn't want to be famous, this and that, but she somehow keeps getting sprinkled into the show in these odd roles and ways, and then she starts making uh, she gets you know this fhm modeling thing and then she's on to promote the modeling thing and then she goes on letterman now these appearances are the most awkward things i've ever seen in my life i mean i I can't i can't watch them without having secondhand embarrassment how the hell did you guys not goof on this and did you all like realize this was bad yeah, well, the first FHM magazine, I remember he had to talk her down off a ledge because she, it didn't even look like her on the cover. It did not look like her. It was a horrible spread. The layout was terrible. The photos were terrible. 
And mm-hmm. he had to like off the air during the commercial breaks, call her and talk her down off the ledge. She was having mm-hmm. such a meltdown. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. And then, you know, the appearances got, you know, awkward and weird with gift scriptions. That's, yes. a, you know, that, that'll go down in infamy. Mm-hmm. And like, she's in charge of all the makeovers. That's like having and Ralph be in charge of the fashion makeover. <laughs> Who are you? But, but <laughs> that's my point. Why was she, why was she pushed as there to me? There is something that seems contractual about their relationship that is odd. It's like, why is somebody who doesn't want to be famous but is your girlfriend? She got put in all these roles. So she's a model that obviously didn't work out. And then she's a TV host that didn't work out. So then all of a sudden this animal rescue. Now all of a sudden the, the two of them are the mother Teresa's for animals. Like what, what the hell were you guys thinking when this was all going on? Like clearly they didn't give a shit about animals for four or five years. And all of a sudden it's, this entire makeover that nobody knew you guys cared about this. Like, yeah, he would have stepped on, he would have stepped on a cat. Back in the days. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he yeah, wouldn't rescue Beyonce easily. when she fell in the pool. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, they, they had to find the right, you know, if, if you're a pro wrestler or if you're into pro wrestling, you got to find the right gimmick until it sticks. <laughs> so okay. she was, she was SD you Jones. I mean? Like um, the Undertaker was like you know five different type five different characters before you hit as the Undertaker. You have to like you know, keep throwing shit to the wall. What did that's... you guys think of her wedding dress? <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the what was the movie with Kim Bassinger when she came out with that weird like heart shaped like it, it was a uh, it wasn't a films? classy one. It, it, it was a fancy cocktail gown. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It was a little. There was a lot of skin. It was. It was. <laughs> no, it was Say no more, no. Rich. It's okay. It was, there was a lot of skin. And, yeah. You know, in, in some clubs, they walk around and they ask me to buy a calendar. People wearing that type of dress. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I won't. We won't. I, I don't know how much longer you've got, which, uh, but I only have a few more questions, actually. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> Christ Almighty. Um, the um, one thing I was always very curious about was over the years how often Howard would <laughs> sort of retreat behind the microphone, as I'm doing right now, and behind monitors. What would with the crazy eyes, like the glasses were to hide his shifty eyes, which any psychologist. Yeah, we had to edit that uh, out all the time. All the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> how, so how much, so like filming, when the, there's stationary cameras set on everybody, that's fine. You're just really sifting through footage and seeing what you can do to work around it. But were there, what were the edicts in terms of like, you can't shoot me on this side, no shots, no from behind, no hair shots, that kind of stuff? Yeah, like, well, there was that, you know, he had to have the one angle. Yeah, that, you know he always had yeah. to have, and with the shifty eye stuff, we would have to take notes all the time. You know, like okay, edit this out, edit this out, shifty eyes, edit this out. Well, like toothpicks. Oh my god, the toothpicks. That was another thing. <laughs> we had to edit out so much picking of the teeth. It was, <laughs> and it wasn't just like like a little toothpick. It was like souffle sticks yeah it was like digging and scraping and uh, like a dentist tool and getting in there and sometimes like when robin wasn't there we had no cutaway shots like yeah. there was nothing edited out so sometimes we had to like 
email back and be like, dude, we got nothing. We got nothing. We need to leave the shot in. Was there so, anything? Yeah. Oh, so I'm there sorry, was no. So, so there was no like B roll. You couldn't actually, not B roll, <laughs> but you could. You couldn't like substitute footage of a day when he was wearing the same gear because it wouldn't no, match. No, it would match. And and like, there were some days where like Fred Fred would leave the studio a lot to go prepare for other commercials or do stuff. And sure. And when Artie wasn't there and Rob was not there. There was no one to cut to to block to cover that shot. So we were just mm-hmm. like, dude, we have nothing. We gotta leave it in. Gotta leave it in. Or like anything, picking teeth, picking nose, and like just all that stuff. We had to just like, yeah. no, take it out, take it out. And yeah. we would, we could have been done editing the shows probably three hours earlier every day. Then we had to wow. cut around all the shots. And who was okay. responsible for editing the video specifically? Um, we would write the notes and send them to our editor, Joe. And he okay. would the actual editing but we would be the one sitting there like paper cutting the show basically as it went along oh my lord sam okay so two things first was there anything in the show that was asked to be taken out during your time with filming howard tv and since you were talking about fred well, I'll get to that one next. But first, was there anything that you had to take out that they were like, we are not putting this in? That is not getting in. There were some, you know, I'm trying to remember. Like, there was one time when two teachers came on and screwed around for some kind of prize money. They got naked and some lesbian stuff. And mm-hmm. the second they were done, they were crying, regretting that they did it. Yep. And. And even though, you know, we tried to tell them, well, you signed a release, doesn't matter. That yeah. got cut out. Like, they're, they're, like if, if you break down and cry, that, that release means nothing. They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll cut. Or if, some, or if some things are said about, like, Allison or if somebody made a comment about Beth, it'll get cut out. Like, we'll be told to take that out. Yeah. So, Sam, why don't you lead into that other p- uh, question you were going to ask about the Sal joke? Okay, yeah. So, Sal made a joke during a roast. Clearly, it was... It will live on in infamy about Beth. Mm-hmm. The joke I told him about ten minutes before. Uh, well, everything he did, and then he said, "Well, you're well. You've taken you have so much vacation off." And then he neighed on on Mike. Yeah. It was a ama- it will be yeah. the greatest thing ever. After that, was there some sort of edict that went down that you guys are not allowed to? talk about Beth in a disparaging way anymore because it seemed to taper off after that. It was kind of an unspoken word because yeah. you know, she called up, she got pissed off at Sal and I love it because Sal took most of the heat and I was the one that made up that joke five minutes before the roast. So right. I, I, I love it. Sal took the heat for it. He took the brunt, he took the beating and I love it. But you were, you were, you gave him the joke thinking it would just be funny. Not, you weren't doing it maliciously, were you? Or was it no, subconsciously? Oh, it was no, all. It's a roast. It was just a yes. joke, and it was. And there was a follow-up joke it's going, true. Like, you know, like yeah. how old are you? And I stomped my foot like thirty-three times. Like I was counting like a horse. You know what I mean? Like there was a follow-up to that. And and you know, it was shit like that. And it, and but it was kind of like an like an unwritten rule. Well, then alone. yeah. Then after then after that roast. Benji got to interview her for yes. that uh, Yoda buddy book because she's writing kids books now. And you remember, you remember the Christmas gift. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. they, they, that's what they sent to my daughter when she was born an autographed Yoda book. 
An autograph? Who the yeah. hell wants her autograph? <laughs> Is it worth more than Gary's cells? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they also sent like they did spend like a thousand dollars on gifts for my kid. In all fairness, they did. Okay, but, well, they, we're they, not gonna. They, that gets yeah. that gets left in for sure. In all fairness, but they did send an autographed Yoda book because she's so valuable. So yeah. when when she was being interviewed by Benji and people were saying, you know, he was very nervous, but he he wasn't as nervous as Howard was. And you could tell during that whole thing, he was on pins and needles. And the second she said she cheated on every single one of her boyfriends and he kept hammering him, ha he kept poking at that and hammering it. All Did you guys in the back and everyone else think, holy shit, he's, this is bad for Howard or this is bad for her? We were practically applauding Benji because he's a loose cannon and he went for it. He went for it. Benji is a loose cannon. He's a shark. He smells blood. He's just going to go after it just comedically and he'll just he'll just get that thousand yard stare and just zone out and just go mm -hmm. keep going keep going keep going mm -hmm. he's a genius the guy's out so of you guys loved it right oh oh loved it it was amazing mm -hmm. it was it was like it was like yes yes he did it keep yes. going keep going yeah yeah you know what i mean one of those moments <laughs> where the, the whole control room like erupts like yeah he did it yeah i have one question one quick one last question about artie specifically about the tail end of his time there, it was clearly, even if you didn't see it, you could hear it in his voice that he was in a bad way. Was there any part, did, did the Howard TV guys in general have any reticence to film stuff or edit it? Like, did, was there ever anything like where you explained to Doug, look, this is awful. Or anybody said, we can't be doing this to him because we're innate. Yeah. Like, you're, it's, you're, you're being a part of it, essentially. Yeah, I mean, we all knew. Yeah. We all knew what was going on. I mean, you know, except, you know, Except the boss, he yeah. turned a blind eye to it. But I mean, to save already some embarrassment, I won't get into it. But there were some things that we had to edit out a lot of. Oh yeah, doing. yeah. Just like compulsive things that he was doing while he was jonesing or something. Yeah, and it was really awkward. So we we would edit those out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I don't want to throw but, but there, that but, Yeah, during that filming though, like you know how he was filmed sleeping. Yeah, clearly he's high. Did any of you have some sort of, I guess, did any of you think this isn't right? We shouldn't oh, yeah, be doing everybody. this. But to the point of saying to Howard, say, look, we got to do something. Like, was there a, ever a concerted effort to tell him, look, this is bullshit. You've got an addict and you got to do something about it. At that point, the only person who could have said anything and stepped up was Tim. Tim That's was the I only figured. one to, to have the right to say that you know what mm -hmm. I mean? if anybody else did we would have been told to fuck off and get out and scream yeah. that yeah you know tim tim was the only one maybe gary but tim was the only one let's say with license to to broach that subject and he would mm -hmm. and he did yeah you know? tim's a great guy tim's tim's a not non-bullshit guy and i love mm -hmm. him so much. we talk all the time still mm -hmm. i love that mm -hmm. guy Mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't like how he was let go either. Actually, we just uh, we mentioned that earlier in the thing, but the whole shaming him with the toilet stuff was just unbearably yeah. and unbelievably yeah. unfunny. Tim's an incredibly in, people don't realize how successful he is. Like they they don't know the kind of money this guy has. Tim is incredibly successful, incredibly bright. He knows this business. He's a schmoozer. He is the greatest salesman you'll ever meet. Tim mm -hmm. is phenomenal, and and. 
they really made him look like, like a buffoon, and he's far from that. The guy's I, brilliant. I believe it. Uh, Sam? Well, that's why that it bothers me, the fact that you could tell Tim made those channels. He worked his ass off to make them so interesting and have such a variety on the show. And that's why it was so successful. And then you get Marcy in here and she took all the shows away. And I want to ask you when that came down and they took away all those shows that enhanced the actual show mm -hmm. and was just this, you know, wonderful array of shows and colorful people and hilarious things and that Tim built, which was so great. What did you guys think when they just said, we're done with all of that, even yeah, though no, back office radio. it's successful. Yeah, geek time, back office radio. We would come in the morning and find Tim sleeping there more times than not. Like he was, he gave everything. He gave his marriage practically to that show. He gave everything for that, mm -hmm. for that show and for, mm -hmm. for his love of Howard. Um, and then there was a time when all of a sudden, like when back, back office radio went away because it was becoming too popular. It was a threat. Let's call it what it is. It was it was becoming way too popular, and it was sure. a threat. And then there was a time when all of a sudden you noticed overnight nobody was on the wrap up show anymore. Even if there was like an on air fight, yeah, they weren't on the wrap up show. The edict was was put out. Howard's the star. Nobody else is. You don't go on that wrap up show unless you get permission from me, Marcy. Yeah, That's Marcy, you have to get permission to go on. Sad. Yeah. Really sad. It, yeah. it actually it is sad. I mean, I kind of figured that's what happened, but to hear that, did any of you say, but this is not what the fans want? Yeah. You couldn't. It, it, you couldn't. If, if if you wanted to work or if you didn't want to get your head ripped off, and you know, th there was the rumor going around that um if anybody current staff, which I've had confirmed by multiple people. That if anybody from current staff associates with former staff, you'll be blacklisted from the business. Like, oh my god! Oh yeah, that edict. Gary said it to the whole to the whole room of staff. If anybody wow. talks to former staff members, you'll never get you'll never work again. The business will be fired. So and he's going to sabotage your career yeah, ahead of it if you. Yeah, what? that was a few years ago when like serious leaks were were coming out about major shit going on behind the scenes. Yeah. The leaks were getting out, and that's when he did that. And mm -hmm. and you were afraid. And this, so this is before then. You even knew, like, you'd be destroyed on the air. Your career would be dog shit. You'd be made mm -hmm. to look like an like an incompetent person on yeah. air. And who's going to hire you after that? No one. Yeah. You're, you know, you're going to be like looked at like Tim, like a buffoon who shits in the, in the bathroom when and you're not that person. Yeah, but you're going to you're going to be painted that, as that person. One last question from me, Rich, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go and enjoy your rest of your evening, uh, sir. But um, when, uh, when it came time to contract renewal for in-demand guys, like uh, or Howard TV or E-Guys, as, as each year, whenever it happened, however it happened on a yearly or bi-yearly or whatever basis, did you guys always know at the last minute? Was it always dangled in front of you like a carrot? Because that seems yeah. incredibly unprofessional. It, it was five years for Howard TV. Yep. And... It, it, it's, it's a manipulation tool. I, mm -hmm. and I've said it, you know, it's not the first time I said it. It's, well, you never know. It was 
when Howard TV was going away, when we found yep. out on the air that we all got yep. fired, yep. for like a month, we got invited to the Christmas party, which is yep. weird because a month later, we didn't get invited to the birthday party, which was, you know, three weeks later. Yeah. But, you know, at the Christmas party, it's, well, guys, you never know. Don't go anywhere. You know, I'm looking for a home for us. You know, you never know. Stay around. Stick around. Bullshit. I'm not going to stick around. You know, Beth and my wife were friendly at the time. She pulled my wife aside and said, it ain't coming back. Go find a job. She was like, mm-hmm. just go get a job. It's not coming back. But he does this manipulation. They're like, well, you know, don't go look anywhere. Be loyal to me. Stick around. You know, but I'm, so- I'm, I'm saying even if you guys in the, in the earlier contracts, when you guys were coming back, was, he, was it the same way? Like, let you sweat it out for a month before? You knew the day it was announced. Pretty much. That was like, Jesus wow. Christ. The, the first serious contract renewal, uh-huh. the one where they played the joke on Sal and they said, yeah, you know, yeah. the show's not coming back. Right. I was dating Rachel at the time mm-hmm. and we were laying in bed and I didn't have the show on. You know, I, I didn't have to go in early that morning. I went in at like nine o'clock and my phone was blowing up with text. Congrats. You got five more years. And so, like, and that morning, I dreaded waking up because I was like, okay, today I'm either going to be out of work or have a job for the next five years. And that morning, we found out, you know, the last, the last possible day. Wow. Which sucks because, you know, it gets dangled. Like, you know, it's not easy to find a gig. No, so not only that, you're in New York. I mean, (laughs) you need need time to get a CD together. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta ask about this. So, say how he d- dragged that out. Do you guys have some sort of union where you're going to be on paid leave if he just decides that day to say, "Hey, guys, you're out of a fucking job." Like that can't, that can't he does happen. All the, everything, everything with him is non-union. The only one of his union was Scott the engineer. Scott the engineer, yeah. And that's why a lot of people couldn't work. Like we want to hire freelance camera guys, and they wouldn't do it because we want union. Wow. Well, now obviously. Of course, they're not going to hire Union Cameron guys he, because he, they'll cut you off and just be like, bye. <laughs> well, yeah, we, when, we, when we, we did the birthday shows and stuff, we couldn't touch any equipment. We couldn't do anything because we're not Union. Wow. And only wow. Union guys can handle the cameras or touch the cables and all that shit. So wow. you said Beth said something to your wife. Do you think Beth is miserable like as fuck in this now? I've heard rumors. Yes, I've heard it started when the dog died, mm. that there was just a, a, a separation of like, she just shut down and, mm-hmm. and stayed in the Hamptons for like six months. And he just stayed in the city. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, the day he stops working is the day she's out. Mm-hmm. She's well, got to be miserable. Got to be. Gotta okay. be. I know. Well, uh, Richie, I don't, I don't want to keep you much longer. I'm not, not trying to boot you out, but I, I think, I think you've been more than kind and more than fair with what you've given us so hey, far. Hey, any, so, listen, anytime, I'm serious, anytime. I'm, I'm glad to finally get to talk to you both in person. Anytime you just want to shoot the shit or goof on people, I'm down. And, do you, do uh, you listen to some of our shows? Yes, I have. I have. I've been, I've been sent links to them in the past. Yeah, I, I've, I've been sending them. I've been sending yeah, links here and I, there. I but, get sent uh, links to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, um, one thing I want to give you credit for and give your mom credit. Has she, I think she's passed. Has she? No, no. My old man's gone, but my mom's still. Okay. God bless her. Around. She, she, um, uh, the, was it your mother that sent you the star, star Wars game? Yeah. It's, oh. it's, it was, you know, it, well, she didn't think she was going to be around. Okay. So long that story, was the story short, 
they, yeah. they re-released Sammy out there. They re-released the vintage Star Wars game from the 70s. You know, they, they re-released it now. And in June, my birthday's in October, and like yeah. in June or March or something like that, she sent it to me as a birthday present because she didn't think she was going to be around. This is the vector graphics oh, one, with the, the sit-down one. Yeah, the sit-down yes, one. With, too. Because it's those so, were, those, oh, cool. those were dope. They were, and because they were super expensive because they, well, yeah. they're so huge, but they were, that is it so was sp- in 1980, I was eight years old when that thing came out and we lost yeah. so much money in that thing. And it's, it's a perfect conversation piece in the house. If you have like a game room or whatever, um, yeah, do you let the kids, do you let the kids near it? <laughs> uh, once in a blue moon, I let them touch it. But it's in my, I have it in my, I have it in my garage right now yeah. because I would open up the garage, smoke a joint, and then go play Star Wars games. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. Sit outside, smoke a joint with my dog, and then I'd go play the game for a while. I'll tell you what, here's a little trick for you, Richie, next time you play it, if you didn't already know. If you get the, through the little, the Death Star. The million whatever, points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't yeah, use, if yeah. you don't shoot anything, you've got the, you get points if for using use the, the force. force. <laughs> if you use the force, you get a million points. And Gorillo, he got to go to um, um, Industrial Light and Magic. He went to, what's it called? Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. And where they have the actual arcade game. Yeah. Nobody there knew that trick. And Gorillo has the highest score on that game <laughs> at Skywalker at Skywalker Ranch. Because nobody at the goddamn Star Wars company knew that trick. And Marsh is fuming. She's been trying to beat that score for Gorillo, ages. Gorillo. Gorilla got it. Gorilla got the million points. That's a great story. He showed, he showed, he showed me his name is up on the screen as the first place. Oh, that's fantastic. Because he's, he's actually good friends with Mark Hamill, so he gets hooked up with all this shit. Awesome. Well, honestly, I just wanted to share that with people because there were, you, Sam was a bit of a video game geek in her in her day, and I was definitely. Oh, yeah. up. Uh, so, I, I and, play and, Dragon's Lair. I got the DVD of Dragon's Lair. I play it all the time. If you've ever played I, that, the old cartoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can I'm buy it younger, on DVD. Yep. I'm younger than you guys. So yeah. I'm 34. So I grew up on Nintendo, then Super Nintendo. And then yeah. when Nintendo 64 came out, I literally, my cousin won on a lottery ticket. And we went that day to get the Nintendo 64. And my mind was like, Phew. I think yeah. I played Golden for like 18 Eye. hours Golden straight. Eye is the best game for that. Is the best game ever. I just was talking about this. I go, I was always odd job because you can't point down. And my favorite was the facility. Cause if you started at the top and you got the certain weapons and if you were odd job, it was hard to aim at him. So I always liked being him, but I obviously thought Natalia was the hottest. I love it. Look how excited you got. You got it. I know. I, I, oh, I, I love just, golden guys, eye. I created right. a monster. My six year old. She gets my six year old. I bought the little Nintendo box that has like the 20 games built into it. Yeah, my six-year-old is showing me tricks that I never knew how to warp to all these different levels on Mario and everything. Yeah, oh. my six-year-old is figure, figure, She's like, "No, Daddy, do this, and you warp to this level." I was like, "The fuck, where's this shit coming from?" Never too old to learn new tricks. No, thank no, you so no. much, Richie. I can we, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. And thank you got and you have a yourself safe uh, safe winter holiday as, as such that it is and take care of yourself uh and take care of the youngsters and have a good christmas and you, too, you know guys. we wish you guys all the best i'll be in touch with you guys thank you so much you guys are real. you guys are awesome thank you take care rich i'm gonna go back to getting drunk okay. <laughs> <Have fun. laughs> cheers take, take care
Gay boy, rock star, friends with Allison, Oxycodone, North Context, my child, fruit pill, social worker, CNN. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Press release, Beverly Hills, love I snack, like I like you a lot. Black oh. diet, Wendy's. <laughs> going, going, come on, you're great. great. Linda Perry, Road Songs, Patty and Samantha, Women Give, Jessica Cincy, I'm Happy. <laughs> ABC, okay. ABC. Divine Face Players.